Hey, Jeff Zimfer here, host of the Mortgage Marketing Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is the place where you, as a mortgage professional, gets access to the ideas, tools, and resources to help you grow your business with less effort, less struggle, less frustration, and become the preeminent mortgage professional in your local market. Today's episode, we're going to talk exactly how you can do that. And most importantly, I want to invite you to a free uh, informational webinar that I'm hosting with my special guest today, whom you're going to hear from him in a moment. But before we switch into that, I want to talk to you briefly about a concept, a concept called the upstream model. And my special guest today, Justin Stoddard, wrote the book called The Upstream Model, which is hidden secrets to build a massive referral business while crushing big tech competitors. Look, let's just face it. The market's in flux. The market's always changing, right? And it's not the strongest who survive. It's the most adaptable to change who survive. And uh, I don't often bring right platforms and resources and ideas or people to you outside of the norm unless I'm a firm believer in who they are first as a person, right? And then secondly, with what they're doing, does it actually move the needle or is it just white noise? Is it signal versus noise? Well, today's conversation with Justin is signal. We're going to talk about the upstream model and we're going to talk about how most originators, unfortunately, stay stuck. Uh, if, you, if you picture a ladder, right? And on the bottom rung of that ladder is a solicitor, looked upon as someone there to just get something for themselves and then move up from solicitor to vendor, right? Where it's uh, a little bit better than solicitor, but actually it's just a sales relationship. It's based on products, price, and those types of things, right? And that's where most originators tend to hang out and, and lead with as their quote, competitive advantage. I got great products. I got great service. I close on time, right? Um, you know, Whatever that thing is. But unfortunately, staying in the category of a vendor doesn't build uh, a true business that thrives, right? It's one that's based on how good was your last loan? Can I get a witness? Does any of this sound familiar? What have you done for me lately? My passion and purpose for being here is to help you move from vendor to peer, right? Where you're looked at with respect as an equal. And then ultimately, as we continue to move upstream, right? You become a peer and a partner. And ultimately, the pinnacle is you become a mentor and a leader where you're recognized and looked up to as an expert, an advisor, a consultant, right? Someone who can help solve your partner's biggest challenges. And today, your invitation is to join us to learn more about how uh, my, my guest, Justin Stoddard, and myself have teamed up to bring to the mortgage industry a solution to help you move upstream. If you picture a stream, right? At the top is this stream of clients that comes out. And um, you know, an upstream partner would be somebody like a real estate agent. It would be a, a tax advisor. It would be a CPA. It would be a wealth estate you know planner. People like that, right? Neighboring uh, industries, right? Whose current clients are your future clients. But when you're stuck in the bucket or on the ring of vendor, right? Picture you standing downstream and you're, you're like holding your fishing pole out, trying to catch right those random right fish. That are, that are originating upstream. Well, what if you could actually reverse that? What if you could actually change, pick up your pole, leave downstream and hike yourself up, take a walk upstream to be at the same level of what I call your upstream partner, right? You being a true peer and mentor and leader, helping those partners, upstream partners, solve problems and challenges. And what drives those upstream partner opportunities? 
typically life events, right? Divorce, uh, death, uh, moving, relocation, uh, birth, uh, college, right? Downsizing, upsizing, right? You name it. And look at the secret is you guys have heard about this for a while, right? This idea of building your uh, family wealth advisory team. You've heard of other, other originators on the podcast talk about it over the years. Well, now you get to learn exactly how to do it in the system. I don't know if this is for you, but check out this free call that we're going to be doing coming up. I'm going to give you the date, time, and the link is going to be in the show notes. But uh, Justin and I are doing a free call on Thursday, June 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It'll be about 30 minutes. That's it. And what we're going to be doing is walking through uh, this concept of right becoming an upstream partner, but more importantly, how you can exclusively in your own area, right? be the exclusive partner right, for these other team members of your wealth advisory team. So we're talking about real estate agent, of course. We're talking about financial advisor, tax planner, right, uh, attorneys, CPAs, all the people that are involved in life events and you getting to the top of that stream and winning those opportunities by you partnering with these uh, other professionals. And most importantly, how do you do it? And you don't do it by showing up and, you know, well, listen, we've all done the BNI, we've done the whole referral network thing. We're not talking about that. This is a completely unique and brand new way for you to attract and engage these and build your own team of wealth advisors uh, where you're serving each other, right, to all become preeminent uh, professionals in your local market. So, uh, once again, the link is in the show notes, uh, but if you want to go to it, it's bit.ly forward slash wealth advisory team. So it's bit.ly forward slash wealth advisory team. Link is in the show notes. That's the uh, link that you go to register. It'll be a 30 minute Zoom conversation. You get to learn more, get your, get your questions answered and see if this is something for you and beat AI, right? And big tech to the punch with these life events that are firing these trigger leads that are allowing these big box companies, right? To get to that client before you do. Well, look at, you can get to that client by, by buying trigger leads and being a cold call, or you can get to that client with life events by partnering with other people, other professionals, and forming your own wealth advisory team and getting a warm introduction to people during those life events. So uh, you've got the link, you know what it is. It's going to be, as I said, Thursday, June 22nd, 10 a.m. Pacific, Link is in the show notes. Once again, it is bit.ly forward slash wealth advisory team. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Justin Stoddart. Justin, welcome to the show. What's up, Jeff? Good to be here, my friend. Good to be here as well. And I'm very excited to talk about this uh, topic we're talking about here today, which uh, I know many of my, my listeners in the audience are going to respond very favorably to because it's what I've been talking about for years, which is um, building a base of referrals and relationships and leading with value. But before we get into that, who is Justin Stoddard? What are you about? What do you do? I love it, man. Well, first and foremost, I'm a family man. I was reminded of that this past weekend uh, when it was Mother's Day and uh, my uh, six kiddos and I got to treat my wife like the queen. She deserves to be treated. We should be doing it all year, but we're reminded this year to, to do it a little more, uh, a little more um, intentionally. So uh, yeah, family man at heart. Um, and uh, also am the uh, I'm author of a book called The Upstream Model, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, I'm also uh, the host of a, of a podcast called Think Bigger Real Estate, 
And um, it's been a passion of mine for the past five years. And uh, also, I'm the CEO of a company called Pro Insight, uh, which I know we're going to be talking about as well. So. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of this. And my challenge today, quite honestly, is how do I pack all this in in the limited time that we have? Um, because there's just so many nuggets and lessons in here. And I'm so I want to let's start with this. Um, you mentioned your book, The Upstream Model. We'll put a link in the show notes to the book for p- folks who want to get it. I have it right here in my hands. Uh, and it's all, if you're watching the video, you can see it's ear tabbed. Uh, if you're not watching, uh, these lessons in here are totally appropriate for where you're at right now in your business, I'm sure. Okay. So, but it's this concept and you have, by the way, a pretty in-depth personal um, understanding of the real estate business. And by that, I mean, specifically the context of the dynamic of relationship between mortgage, realtor, including title, and that whole affiliate kind of like food chain, if you will. (laughs) So, and you feel free to share some comments about that, but you've, you've got this book, The Upstream Model, Hidden Secrets to Building a Massive Referral Business While Crushing Big Tech Competitors. What's the premise of this whole upstream model idea? It really stems back to an experience I had in my mid-20s. I was working for a high-end home builder, and uh, I realized it was time for me to step out on my own. And I just assumed it would be as easy to go get new clients as he had made it appear. Now, maybe the, you know, the, the agents and the loan officers that are, that are listening to this can relate to that, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw what it took to like, do loans. I'm like, I got this. I'm figuring out I'm going to step out on my own. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap, there's a whole other business here. It's not just servicing the client loan. It's actually... I actually have to go get the business. I actually have to attract clients into my funnel on a regular basis. And we've maybe at times discounted the amount of effort that it took to do that. Well, that was me as a high-end home builder. I knew that I had a better client experience than my competitors, even a, even a, fin- a better finished product than most all of them as well. But the challenge was, how do I convince millionaires to impart $2 million to me to ha- have them have me build them their dream home, right? And I realized like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a challenge that I had had underestimated. And uh, I was having some success, but I wanted more. And I realized that I could market to the general populace of those of that client avatar and have some success. But ultimately, a much better approach would be to uh, go upstream. So if you, if you can imagine a stream and everybody has their fishing poles in the water at the same spot, it's highly competitive. People are competing on you know, which bait do you have and how, how, right? How fast, like how good of a, is your skill at that level? And that's the common industries, the service-based industries in which uh, we're talking about right now. Lending, right? It's how fast can you do it? What's your rate, right? With real estate agents, how fast can you get here to open up a door? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how low will you go? And it's a very commoditized kind of very bloody ocean. Yep. And uh, what I realized is I didn't want to compete like that. Like I knew I could, but it was going to be for tight margins. It was going to be on call all the time. It's like, I just don't want to compete like that. And so I figured that if I could get upstream and get to the client before anybody else knew that they were a potential client, I would have a better chance at winning that client, taking them out of the stream before my competition knew that they were there. And so I realized the best way to do that would be to to identify other professionals whose current clients would be my future clients. So as a home builder, that was an architectural designer. All of their current clients had the potential to be my future clients. And so rather than marketing to the masses, playing the commodity game, that I could add big value to that one entity, that one professional, their business, and they could start to 
introduce me to their clients before their clients start actually shopping for other builders. So um, that worked very well for me as a home builder. And then I began to teach it uh, to real estate agents. And then I began to teach it to lenders. And I realized that the principles held true amongst all service-based businesses is that you can compete on price and timing and over time on relationship and quality. But in over time, it takes time to establish that relationship, you know, that relationship. or you can just get upstream and go create valuable partnerships with other professionals, again, whose current clients are your future clients. Add big value to that one person and they'll open up the door to lots of ideal avatar clients. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, some questions, of course, some come out of that. How do I get there? How do I get upstream? How do I get engagement with those people? Yeah, great questions. Um, I, there has to be a fundamental shift, I think, to start with, uh, is that rather than thinking as a B2C entity, right, which is I'm going to market to the consumers. And we've been trained to think about that more and more, I think, with the advent of the internet. It's like, I can yes. get consumers dropped into my inbox all day long, and then we're chasing them, right? Um, and or even, even with our sphere, even if you're more referral-based, it's like, we have this big database of 300 people. And I'm not saying that's, that's bad, right? That's, that's the foundation of any good business is to have a good database of people who you're loving on. But you realize that that big database can only produce a, a small number, call it 10% in referrals or deals each year. So it's like, well, if I want more, I guess I have to do, I have to add 10 times the amount of people that I'm loving on to get, you know, another, to get the amount that I actually want. And so. You realize that that's that's there's a challenge in that, and oftentimes in in that challenge, people adopt this mentality of it's just a numbers game. It's just a numbers game. I'm just going to go through the numbers. But the problem is when we're sorting through the numbers, we're actually giving up margin, and we're giving up lifestyle. Is it either we're doing it or we're hiring someone else to do it to sort through the numbers? And that process is where we actually lose the main reason why we got into this business which is to produce a higher dollar per hour, be able to take more home and work on our own terms. And all of a sudden, because of the, the, the model that we've subscribed to, we're losing that opportunity. And so the shift is to go away from being a B2C marketer and become a B2B marketer. In other words, instead of going to the consumer, go to a business owner who already has all the clients. They've already done the decade worth of effort and work to get a client to trust them. And if you choose the right partner, there'll be somebody who is the right avatar for you. Like you guys share a common client, you share a common customer. And if you, if you choose that partner right and you lead with real contribution, right? That's something that's almost cliche these days, a lead with contribution. But like, mm-hmm. which oftentimes what that means to people is like, here's a stack of my cards, here's brochures, I'm never too busy for your referrals. That's not leading with contribution. You know it and they know it, right? I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just not effective. It's not effective in a B2B setting. It might be with your clients and friends and family, but that, that model was not designed to be in a B2B setting. So if you're going to go B2B, you've got to choose a new a model that's actually a, a B2B model, which the upstream model is that. It's designed to say, rather than stepping in as a lender right, to a, a, partner's, to a potential upstream partner's business, um, you're stepping in as a, as almost a business consultant. You're there to solve problems that they have. And by the way, getting referrals from them is not a problem that they have. Right? Your job is to really identify what is a bottleneck in their business. 
right. you find out the bottleneck by first asking, where is it that you're headed? Like, tell me what you're excited about. Tell me, what are you building right now? Like, what's a big goal? Great. Tell me what's your plan to get there, right? Like, how are you going to do that? And then lastly is like, tell me a bottleneck that, that would keep you from doing that. When you identify that, add value to that, now all of a sudden you're seen differently, right? You're received differently. And that's what a B2B model looks like is you step in to actually add value to their business before you start asking for their business. Yeah. So we're going to come back to this concept of how do we actually... Uh, well, we're going to talk about the family office concept uh, uh, during this conversation, uh, of course. But speaking of um, how do you become a good partner with somebody? I love this in the book. Uh, let's, let's walk through these concepts uh, briefly, if you don't mind. Stop being a solicitor and a vendor. And you have this kind of progression um, you know, from the bottom of the pyramid, if you will, to the top, right? From solicitor, vendor, peer, mentor, and leader. Can you briefly walk us through the differences at each of those stages? Yeah. I think we all know what it feels like to be a solicitor, right? And it probably, we even know even more surely what it feels like to, to be solicited, that we realize that somebody's there to get something from us, even if it's just our time, and we don't really see an equal value exchange. And so our attempt is how do I, without, um, without being rude, how do I dismiss this person so I can get back to what's important to me? And that's, that's, that's how solicitors are treated. And oftentimes we don't, we, again, we go back to this concept. Well, it's just the numbers. 98 people are going to say, no, I'm going to the next. And it's like, yeah, but the wake of, of bad reputation and, and, and um, inconvenience you provided for 98 people may not be the reputation you want to have. Maybe there's a better way. And the fact that you spent 98 conversations that weren't productive. Like I get it works. There's no doubt the numbers work, but is there a better way, right? We have to ask ourselves, is there a better way to not have to like blow through 98 people to find the two? And so- the first concept is, <clears throat> is that, is, is we have to like come to grips with the fact that maybe there's a better way to go about this. Now, you have to ask your question again, because I got on a, on, on yeah, a tangent. Yeah, sure. right, I forgot. <laughs> what question am I answering? Absolutely. No, I get it. That's, it's no problem. Because there's so, like I said, there's so much in here. So these are the foundational principles of becoming a, a good partner. Like, you know, the question is, how referable are you? Or you, you talked about solving problems. So you've got this, this graph in your book, solicitor, vendor, peer, mentor, yeah. leader. And I think maybe I'll help solidify it this way with a question. Um, how would, for those listening, how would you consider yourself a solicitor, a vendor, a peer, right? You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I talked about kind of that bottom spectrum, right? Which is solicitor. Mm -hmm. The next one up is to be a vendor. <clears throat> Typically, vendor isn't seen with a like you don't see signs on people's um, <laughs> house that say like no vendors allowed. They see no solicitation. So we know that like a vendor is a step up from a solicitor, right. but a vendor is simply somebody who is known to do a certain job. Yeah. And if we're going to really move to this B two B model. And really unpack the value of having somebody else open <clears throat> doors all day long to our ideal avatar, our ideal client. We can't just be a vendor because a vendor can be replaced. It's just somebody who's known for doing the job that they're supposed to do inside their silo. And I think the not to interrupt you, but the key point you mentioned here is not seen as an equal. Yeah. Yeah. You're still looked down upon, right? Hmm. Not in a in a moral way or like a sure. not ethical way, but it's just like a place yeah. I get this this widget alone, uh, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. so yeah, go exactly. deeper beyond that, but there's another level. Yeah, the next level up from that is peer, right? Where they see you as an equal. Now, I want all the lenders listening to this. Sometimes you'll feel when you approach a real estate agent, right, that that you're a vendor, right? And they're not being mean to you. They're not treating you like a solicitor. They're not trying to dismiss you, but they just see you as one of many, right? Okay. 
when you can step up to the level of being a peer, they no longer see you as just a vendor. They see you as a fellow business owner who they can learn from, that you're an equal, that you, you realize that there's value to be exchanged both ways. Not that just you're good at what you do. And so therefore you should give them something, right? Kind of this like beggar, like, oh, oh great. Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the best of my class. They see you as an equal. And when that happens, something, something shifts in their brain to where they realize that, hey, I think I need you as much as you need me. So they treat you differently. They give you more time. They give you more space. They give you, they open up more to what is really plaguing them. As I was describing before, the process of really identifying a bottleneck in people's world, which is the key, by the way, mm-hmm. to starting to, to take the next step. But they aren't going to do that if they don't see you as an equal. They're going to talk about what you do for a living, period. What yeah. you want to do is elevate the conversation to the next level, which is what's really happening in their world. Mentor and leader. Right. And that's the final step, right? At this one, they realize that they need you more than you need them. And this is not an ego thing. So please don't take it that way. It's just the fact that like they start to realize that, okay, I'm right here and I want to be up here in my business. And I feel like I can get there faster with you involved, right? Mm-hmm. And they feel this, this sense of wanting to, to reciprocate and add value to you so that the value that you bring to the marketplace can can infiltrate their business. And, and it's this phrase sometimes help, helps people to, to understand this, which is, um, is if you want somebody's business, become a part of their business, Yeah. right? When you realize, when they realize, and you help them to realize that they can get to another level faster, all of a sudden they're thinking of ways that they can, they can reciprocate, including giving you their business, right? They're, they're going to start sending you business so that you can continue to contribute to them in ways that get them to where they want to go faster. I love that. Thank you for walking us through that. I think one of the areas that people get stuck sometimes is solving that equation or you know they're they're so caught up in the framework of I am a loan officer realtor whatever fill in the blank, right? That they mm-hmm. don't think outside of that frame of like solving problems and you have this question I love I highlighted this it's what problem can I solve for this agent? Right or loan officer that they have not already solved. Yeah, I re- like that's a that's a, a stopper right there. Like pause for a minute because the issue I'm addressing for most of the loan officers I know that I interface with over the across the country is we're always coming in hot and heavy with our bag of loan related right solutions. Yeah, and you make a great point is that um, when you do that right, you're just adding to the problem they already have, which is too much noise, vendor, not solving any... I don't have a problem of getting loans done. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful, man. Thanks. I, I, um, I, I love hearing you, you say... I think you say it better than I do. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's... All of a sudden, it gets easy for people to want to be in business with you when you start to solve their problems, right? I mean, I think about it like this because I, I go kind of like, you know, I get very specific with these things because my audience is always in my head. And I'm thinking, how about you? If, if you're a loan officer listening to this and you were approaching a realtor and you had that coffee or meeting or whatever, and you're like, hey, first of all, I just want to make it clear, Justin, that before we get into like knowing each other, or whatever, I'm not here to try and right, tell you I'm going to solve all your problems uh, related to mortgages because you already have a loan officer, right? That you work with. 
Yeah, I do. Great. I'm not trying. You know what I mean? You go down that hole. I'm not here to, to try and solve a problem that doesn't need solving. Yeah. yeah. So, what, how, so what do we do then? How do we right, move from vendor to peer? What are the questions, conversations? How do we uncover that? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's to give them the assurance, uh, just like you described, like I'm not here to solve problems that, that, that they don't need, if it ain't broke. Yeah. Like, like that would, that would not be good for you, nor would it be a good use of my time. Um, I do want you to know, however, though, that I am confident that the value of the value you're getting from whoever your existing providers are, I'm confident that we can at least match, if not beat that, but I'm not here to talk about me today. I'm really not, but I do want you to get like to, to give you the assurance, it's the, the assurance that this is a good use of, of time because the level of experience you're used to, like, I'm confident we can do that. But what what I am here to talk about today is is you and your business and where you're headed with it. Now, keep in mind that people like to talk about themselves. They like to talk about the future of where they're headed. If yes. they're not, they might not be a good candidate for you, right? Because they haven't really they really have a vision where they're going. They're kind of floundering, right? So right. that's actually. And part of this whole process is you're not going in just saying, if anybody has a, a, a pulse or a deal to give, I'm going to give it. You need to take on the posture, the fact that I'm actually interviewing, that I have limited resources to give, and I'm going to give them to those that are the best investment, like the, the, that provide the best ROI. So part of this isn't just, it's not posturing. Mm-hmm. Even though I said posture, it's not posturing. You're not, you're not, there to just get business from anybody, you're really evaluating and interviewing them to see, do they have a goal? Do they have a plan? Do they have challenges that I can solve? Because if, if none of those add up, if they don't have a vision of a goal, right. then they're not going to have any more business to give. If they don't actually have a plan, well, maybe you can help them with that, but, but you at least want to know that they've thought, thought a little bit about that. Otherwise, the goal is a little, delu- you know, a little delusional. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you, you want to know what problems they have, because if you can't solve problems, this is going to be short-lived anyway. Like if the problems that they have are completely things that you don't want to solve, then let's not waste our time, right? So part of this is you're really interviewing to see if this is the right candidate, you know, into whom. And not from, again, not from an ego standpoint, but just to save everybody the time and the hassle standpoint. But, yeah. but that, that is the conversation that you have. Those three points are critical for you stepping out of the role of being a lender for just a minute, leave your lender hat in the car, and you're a business consultant now. Your job is to find out where are they headed? Hmm. Number two, what's the plan to get there? Mm-hmm. And number three, what bottlenecks do you foresee could keep you from getting there? Now, again, not everybody's going to have that roll off the tip of their tongue. But if they say, you know, I'm, I'm, I need some clarity on, on where I'm headed, that doesn't mean that it's, it's a, like this person's a loser. They're not going anywhere. They don't have a goal. Sure. But you should at least make mental note of like, can I help them develop that? Like, are you open to gaining some clarity around what you actually want to build? There's very talented people out there that are now ready to build something else. So again, it should not be a showstopper or a, a, like game over if they don't have it, but you should make mental note. If they don't have a goal, that's something I can help them with, right? We're going to talk about that. Okay. The, the, the second question again is tell me your plan. Yeah. If you had this like list out, what's the fastest and best, most assured way for you to get to where you want to go? What does that look like? So if you're a lender and if you're a real estate agent, is it is your business primarily by referral? Do you have other lead sources? Like you say you want to get to 100 deals a year. How many do you have right now? And, and what's the gap? And what's your plan to close that gap? What does it look like? Like be a business consultant, right? Your job is to really identify um, where you can fit into that picture. And again, that's the whole premise here is I'm trying to find out 
how I could become a part of their business so that giving me their business becomes such a natural extension of them wanting to contribute back. Yeah. I think um, my takeaway from this is, is if we're talking about mortgage originators listening to this in, in, in converse, conversations with agents or other referral partners, is they need to get better at discovery, right? Asking those questions uh, and, and, and just, as you said a moment ago, kind of just putting, putting your sales bag down, like, you know, stop with the pitch, man. It's so refreshing when people they're waiting for the pitch and when it doesn't come, that's one way, by the way, to start moving upstream from vendor, because you're not pitching to peer. Like you can see that the shift and the, the di- dynamic in the conversation, people's shoulders relax. They breathe a little bit easier. They're like, Oh, you know, they're not going to tell me all about their great products and services and how they close on. They're actually actually asking me questions. Yeah, that's pretty engaging. And it, you're right; it does something to the, the the whole goal of of this this meeting should be twofold. Number one is to cause them to see you at as at minimum a peer, mm-hmm. if not a mentor leader. Right. That's one is to trigger somebody that's like this person's different. I knew when I was uh, working as an executive for a title company. And I was I was calling to have conversations with 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 higher agents. I knew I was doing something right when they said to me, "You know what? I've never had a conversation like this with someone entitled in escrow." Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that was really like okay, I'm 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 doing it right, right. But when they're like, "Well, what makes you different than our existing company?" It's like I screwed up here because they can't see it, they can't feel it, right? right. I'm just another guy in here trying to peddle title in escrow, right? And they already have a title escrow person. It's a total waste of time. So you know you're doing it right if they're like, wait a minute, this boy, this is a different conversation than I'm used to. That's what you want to have to have have trigger in their mind. And, and I read that in your book, and I can't tell you how much that hit me because you may not be aware of it, but but I spent a fair amount of time over the last two years working with a title company here in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And one of the things some of the title reps kept peppering me for because I was the marketing technology director, mm-hmm. um, they wanted the app of the week, like. What's the latest app? What's the cool thing? What's the bright? Because they always felt they had to walk in there with something new and different. And the challenge for me was to get them to stop with that and just say, wait, it's not about this app, this thing. It's what do they really need? Yeah. And, and shifting, it was so hard for some people to just step out of the lane they've been in for so long because they think that's their value. If I'm the person bringing them the thing, I'm winning, but I love it how you said. You, again, I'll just say it in the book. Is uh, it says right here? Um, does that look like loading another app on their phone that is similar to other apps from other companies? Right? Um, that's not solving the problem. That's not a that, that's adding to. I don't need another app. I don't need another bright shiny object. What we really need is solutions to our problems, which is the premise of what we're going to now probably shift into and in talking about this conversation is moving up that ladder. Uh, from vendor to peer to mentor and leader. That's how you do that. I love the fact that you said business owner. And that is a mind shift, mindset shift also is going from salesperson, loan officer, whatever, to business owner. When you have that mindset of a business owner, I know you know this, the questions you ask yourself become different, don't they? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, you're evaluating every conversation you're in um, differently, right? This isn't just a uh, I mean, going back to that mentality that you described, right? Of maybe a common title person, which yeah. is I need a bright and shiny object. Well, the next person that comes in behind you is going to have a 
a brighter and shinier object. So you've just completely commoditized yourself, right? right. You right. are it's now six minute abs, five minute abs for, you know, that whole joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's just not a place you want to compete in. Right. Cause it's right. just, what have you done for me this week? What right. app did you bring in this week? Yeah. And, and that's how, again, you'll attract new agents all day long or even agents who are not ever really going to produce at a high level because right. they're so focused on a shiny object. You and I both know that the key to this business is not a bright and shiny object. It's finding a model and buying into it and being super consistent at doing it over a long period of time. Like those are the agents that are going to win. And so if, you're, if your methodology is attractive to people that love bright and shiny objects, you're always going to be spinning your wheels because those people are going to be spinning out of the business, mm-hmm. right? That's why 80% of the uh, agents are out in two years is because they can't focus. They can't choose a model and stick with it and focus and, and build something. And those that do, although sometimes far inferior when it comes to talent and looks and like whatever metric you could put on it, um, they're just better because they, they, they double down and they focus and they get good at that one thing. So yeah. whereas the mentality of a business owner right? Is again, how do we create systems and processes and people who can consistently put in, create a, a consistent input so that we can get a consistent output? And then and, and you measure that and you tweak it and you improve upon it. And um, <clears throat> the way that you approach these business owners, because that's what they are, if you approach them as a, as a, a street peddler of shiny objects, you're not going to attract the business owners. You got to come in with a business owner approach in order to attract business owners, in order for it to be be attractive to business owners. Yeah. And I guess the last point on that regarding business owners, and this is uh, another issue for loan officers, listen up right now, is that too many times I've heard loan officers believe that these quote unquote producing agents don't, you know, they're struggling with what problems do they have? Like they're a producing agent. They're already quote successful. Right. And a business owner always has problems <laughs> to solve. Yeah. It's just a matter of what is the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and that's when we're thinking about, again, from a loan officer's perspective, is sure you can come in with your new loan products and, and your new stuff. But if you stop talking and start asking good questions, right, that I believe should be in at least kind of those three major categories of where are you headed, what's your plan, and what bottlenecks do you foresee? If you can, if you can come out, because again, I don't know if I finished my thought, is that there's, there's two major reasons for, for this meeting. Number one is to be triggered, to be able to see, to have them see you as more than a vendor, mm-hmm. you know, for them to see you as a peer at minimum. Mm-hmm. The last thing is to actually gather intelligence that allows you to serve them. Right. Like actually to, to know what their problem is. Because again, if you are simply prescribing without diagnosing, right, you're a total, like if you were a doctor, you'd be, you'd yeah. lose your license over that. Right. Right. And maybe loan officers should lose their license as well. If they come in and prescribe without diagnosing, like be the doctor that doesn't come out into the waiting room and start just passing out medication to everybody. You'd be done so quick. Right. <laughs> Whereas and that's what that's what we do is we come out and we say I got I got the best loan product loan product loan product loan product loan product as opposed to saying tell me where are you where are you at like where are you headed what's your plan and and what bottlenecks do you see you know what now that you say that I think I have some things that might be beneficial to you now at least your your prescription has some context for them and they realize how this helps them yeah. right? people actually take you seriously and and 
on that note, one thing that I I found that you maybe have found this in the in the in the book that I shared is that sometimes people feel intimidated to ask those questions because they don't feel like they're qualified to be able to answer them all. Right. Like, well, I don't really want to ask. Like, like I don't like who am I to be a business consultant? I'm just a loan officer. And it's it's you don't have to know all the things yourself, and you don't definitely don't have to know them on the spot. But if you just get curious, ask good questions, and 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 maybe ask at minimum, are you are you open? If I if I if I have somebody that I could introduce you to, or an idea that might help this, are you, is it okay if I circle back? And you probably need to ask permission for that. People, if they've told you their problem, they're they're kind of saying like, I'm open to having yeah. someone help me to fix them, right? And and so I always tell people that there's <clears throat> there's four buckets from which you can pull from that ought to give you the confidence to ask that question to anybody and everybody. Like I would feel comfortable sitting in front of Richard Branson or any tycoon, Elon Musk, like, let's say that, right? Kind of the business tycoon of our era, like Elon Musk. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I sit down with him and I, I would ask him a, these questions, like, tell me, what's your vision for Twitter? Right? What, what, what does that look like? Um, what's your plan to do that? Okay. There's no plan. What bottlenecks do you foresee? Okay. Now, Elon's going to be saying some things that I'm going to have no idea how to solve. I've never run a technology company like Twitter. I don't know, right? But here's what I do know is that there's four buckets from which I can pull from. Number one is who do I know that might be able to help Elon solve that problem? Who I currently know right now. Number two is what do I know that might help Elon solve that problem? Okay. That's, that's the second bucket. Those ones are, are finite, right? Because it's who I currently know and what I currently know. The other two are infinite, which is the third bucket is who could I know that might be able to help Elon solve that problem? Right. And the fourth bucket is what could I learn? What could I know that might help Elon to solve that problem? Right. So now it's, it's those buckets using even the power of the internet, right. Or conversations with other bright people. We can solve any problem in the world, right. Or at least direct people, at least offer some sort of guidance and help that's beneficial. And that's how you move from being even just appear to being a mentor and leader. They recognize that you just identified their biggest problem. And now you're bringing back connections and ideas that help solve that. Even if they don't, aren't the perfect fit, just the fact that you played at that level, you're going to be seen differently. And they're going to want to take another meeting and they're going to want to be in business with you because they realize again, that where they're at and where they want to be at, there's a path there. And you just paved the highway. They realize I got to have this Jeff guy in my world because I know I'm going to get there faster if he's in it. There you right? go. Yeah. And that has, a, that has value above and beyond what you already deliver as a professional for your service offering, which is expected that you deliver anyways. Yeah. All right. That's, that's an awesome conversation. So, And that's probably a good pivot for us to talk about the other reason why I wanted to bring you on the podcast and bring this to the attention of my listeners is I, I was introduced to um, you through uh, uh, an acquaintance that I've known, mutual acquaintance, business uh, business acquaintance for for over two years now, Don Yoakum, and it's this this concept of the family office, and and I want to unpack if you could the family office and what you guys are doing specific to the mortgage and real estate world with the family office. Could you do that? Yeah, you bet. So I've had my own coaching company for a number of years now, mm-hmm. and um and I'll be honest, I was even at times getting frustrated with it because I would teach these principles to a loan officer, teach these principles to a, to a real estate agent. And it's almost like if I were to take a basketball team and I take one person on that team and I train them up how to be really good, right? 
but nobody else goes to practice. Nobody else learns anything. And I put them on the court and I, fi- I can't figure out why they aren't winning. It's because I was training one person, right? And when I met Don, Don opened up a vision to me of what, what he was building and asked and invited me to be a part of it. Um, and it's this, is that if you can train everybody in that circle, all the key players that surround a real estate transaction, how to think and operate this way, the referrals will flow like the salmon of Capistrano. I just quoted that. Uh, <laughs> my wife quoted that over the weekend. I just smiled and laughed. I'm like, I love you. Um, anyway, so the, the, the point behind it is, is if you just teach one person what it becomes their job, it becomes a loan officer's job to go teach the real estate agent how to think this way and the financial advisor how to think this way and the CPA how to think this way. And so they're, they're, it, you, you're met with some resistance because what they're used to seeing from a loan officer is common. Let's be honest. What's common is common. Right. And so they don't treat you differently right away. Over time, can you, can you help, help shift them and help give them some ahas? No doubt, undoubtedly. And that's what we were seeing. That's what I'm seeing with my coaching clients is that you have these conversations enough, but there's also a burden on them to go teach these other players how to think this way. And so what we have identified is that there, there are life events in which there are certain professionals who are almost always needed during those life events. Those life events could be birth, death, marriage, divorce, uh, re- you know, retirement, relocation, uh, business sale, wh- whatever, right? These, these life events happen and the household, the client themselves would, best be, would be best served if they had a collaboration from multiple of those professionals, right? Let's take an asset sale, business sale, for example. Commercial real estate agent, you bet. A lender, yeah, you bet. Right, um, an, an attorney, a, a CPA, um, a p- potentially their private banker. Like there's there's people around there that if they were to not only know that that life event were happening, but be able to work collaboratively, collaboratively with all the people who could also help during that time. Insurance is another one. That things would go so much smoother for the household. So at the very outset, what we're doing is we are democratizing an idea that was once reserved only for the uber wealthy. I'll give you an example. If you're a billionaire, right? Let's say you're Elon Musk, since we're using his name, right? Okay. Now, whether you love Elon or hate Elon, that's not the point of this, okay? The point is he has a lot of money, right? Wealthiest man in the world. He has what's called a family office where he has his own financial advisory team, his own real estate team, his own insurance team, his own property management team, his own, like he has his own team. Well, because he can, because there's enough wealth there to deal with it. And that's why the wealthy continue to get more and more wealthy because they have a team around them that, that works collaboratively together. And so what we're doing is we're taking that concept of a family office and we're democratizing it, bringing it down for the common consumer. For the average person, we're allowing them to have access to a family office. So we are reconstructing that in the form of identifying professionals in each county of the country, exclusive in their area, their territory, to to build out a family office. So for example, in each family office, there will be a residential real estate agent. There may be a commercial real estate agent. It's up to the family office to decide what they want. There'll be somebody who's expert in insurance, a financial advisor, a CPA, potentially a business banker, right? Potentially like there will be that core group of attorneys, tax professionals, real estate professionals who 
come together to do two things. Number one, to work together to find the ideal clients that they can serve collaboratively. Now, when I say collaboratively, I don't mean like you're not going to bring all seven professionals to the table at once necessarily. You may, right? Mm -hmm. But there will be certain times where you'll bring two or three people together to serve a client household during a life event. So the first thing that a family office does is it, well, the first thing is, is it provides a superior experience for the household that they've never experienced before. Because it's not just one person's value proposition of I'm a lender and I do this different and better. It's the combined value propositions of everybody. It's the combined value propositions of this family office. So you are far and away unique and different because you have access to bring people together who work collaboratively together, like an all-star basketball team who, who has worked together for a long time, right? right? So that's the concept. Now, how is this good for the, for the professional? Getting back to my thought, my comment is that the first thing that they do is they, they share a common avatar. And because they share a common avatar, it gets really easy for them to bring that person to the table and refer it to the other parties, right? So you're, you're getting help finding the ideal clients to serve. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you are serving them collaboratively, right? You're, you're actually working together to, to serve that household. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, you, the family office becomes a really unique situation to be a part of because you're not having to just work by referral through your own database, nor are you having to supplement that, those referrals with, with prospecting, nor with internet leads, you can get enough from the family office, enough warm referrals that it will sustain a very robust business. And you can cut out the time that you would normally spend finding clients and you can reallocate that to to, to serving clients and earning a higher dollar per hour because everybody, again, shares a common client. So that's the concept of the family office that, again, we're bringing to not just to the households, but we're also bringing that concept to professionals, helping them to, to scale a referral business in, in, in an entirely new way. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, I'm involved and on board because I think, as I told you in a previous conversation, this is what I've been teaching for years is, you know, you kind of build your, uh, I was calling this, you know, to borrow a phrase from my buddy, Wally Ellaberry, this is kind of like the wealth team that, you know, you would build this, this, this referral network. Now, I, I, there are some key differences here though, because sometimes, and I know you've, you've addressed these questions in the past when, when they think about, okay, so you're telling me I'm going to assemble like a financial advisor, right? Maybe a, a, a CPA, a lender, a realtor, um, et cetera. Plus you're going to have other affiliates in there. Um, what's the difference of doing this versus other versions of this that have been done in the past? Yeah. I would say the common thing that people say is, is this like a LATIP or a BNI? Mm-hmm. And I and I invite them to to this, and th- th- there's no um, those of you that have been a part of one of those productive groups know that they can be very good. Um, I would say though that a, that a distinct difference is that the people who are invited into the family office are those who serve during unique life events. They are asset based professionals, and those who can who can cue us up that a life event is coming, right? Um, it's not going to be for chiropractors necessarily. It's not going to be for a florist, right? right? Just because there's an opening in your chapter and there's nobody else there does not mean that they're the right fit for, 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 for your group. And needing a back adjustment isn't necessarily a life event. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it at the moment, but yeah, I don't know that your clients would argue or, 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 or would, 
a test that that would fit inside of a, a family office setting. The right. other big th- thing that we do is that oftentimes in those settings, all the value is exchanged behind closed doors. So it still really invites a siloed type of atmosphere. So for example, if I go to one of those meetings, 90 minutes on a Friday morning, let's say, and I'd been a part of them before, and it was a, it was a decent experience, right? I did recognize that there was an added burden that it wasn't just showing up for 90 minutes, but I had to actually, needed to actually do to be a good standing member to do multiple one-on-ones a week, right? That oftentimes took an hour at least to where I'm getting to know other people, right? And, right. and I get that. And that's what makes those, those work. But when you're meeting with somebody who you know is not going to be a, a valuable resource for you and vice versa, it's, 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 it's not always that fun of time. You kind of do it out of obligation. But back to my point of you, you get behind closed doors to teach each other how to refer you. And then everybody goes back to their own silos, right? I step back into my world, let's say as a real estate agent, and I'm hoping that the, or the financial, or I'm hoping that I said something good enough that the financial advisor will think of me and remember me and bring me up to his clients or clients, right? I'm hoping that I said something remarkable enough when I did my presentation that the CPA says, you know what? I'm going to bring you up to my clients. And we see it differently. Okay. Is that rather than getting behind closed doors to, to train each other, we actually serve the client collaboratively. So we bring the client to the center of where value is being exchanged. So the events that we do are centered around serving a client. We collaboratively come together to serve those clients. So there's not this, you know, a couple hours a week invested to, to do this. You're simply spending a couple hours a week to actually serve a client and actually make money on a client, right? And you're only bringing in people who are, who are uniquely identified as serving your, um, your avatar in common as opposed to anybody who, who, who wants to get in because there's opening. You know, an, an opening. What uh, what are an example of these types of events that come together to serve the client? Yeah, so a couple of them. Um, one is called an expert panel. So when you have this, these kinds of professionals around you, right? You could easily say real estate agent, lender, and financial advisor, uh, or let's say uh, real estate agent, ten thirty one exchange, um, and a uh, tax professional. Um, let's come together. Each one of us are going to invite our client base to a private Zoom meeting where we're going to be giving a panel discussion on how to exchange out of properties in the coming year based on the new tax law that was just passed, right? And so rather than, um, again, just hoping that I've trained you well enough to where you go talk about it, I'm going to be talking about it in front of your clients because you invited them to this expert panel event. So it's actually a combined event. Um, there's also, uh, we're also going to be bringing um, in ideal avatars that meet that. We've got partnerships with big data companies that will allow us to identify other people in the community that would be invited to that expert panel event. So it's not just the, the respective databases of those involved, but other community members that would have interest in this particular thing. Um, another one is, is actually a family office consultation where we, because we have a unique avatar we know who would be a good fit to actually bring them into a Zoom meeting and have the insurance agent, have the lender, have the real estate agent and the tax professional there to consult together so that that group works cohesively together to serve that household's needs. Again, we're not behind closed doors, hoping that we then, when we return to our our silos, we we remember each other. We're breaking down the silos and we're working together on the same household. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for those that are looking to not have to chase, but to build a team of like-minded professionals um, that that are all serving the same need, which is a person right, who has, quote unquote, a life event. You mentioned those earlier in our conversation, birth, diploma, married, promoted, transferred, divorced. Right. Those are examples. And I love the fact, though, that you did highlight as compared to other kind of, quote unquote, networking. And I wouldn't even describe this as networking. This is a whole different thing. Meaning, remember the family uh, the uh, family office concept, which is exclusively designed for for high net worth individuals. I look at this as this you know um, grouping of people is designed for people of the right of the same and similar mindset, and that they want to serve at a higher level. And they all have or rec or or I was going to say all have the same problem um, that might be articulated differently. But the point is, they recognize the value of building partnerships. So they too also don't have to continue to chase business, you know, and all with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Well said. Um, but yeah, the chase goes away, and people are like, well, how am I going to have time to do all this? Uh-huh. Well, it's because you you kind of back to my comment of if if you can identify those professionals whose current clients are your future clients, right. you, like the hunt goes away, the search goes away. You simply serve each other's clients, right? And you're introduced to call it a dozen other databases of people who are your ideal avatar. And by the way, it's not like you're just showing up in their newsfeed. There is a warm introduction from their advisor who they've trusted for the past 10 years. That's a way different experience than being introduced via Zillow, right? Or being introduced via some other online lead campaign or or you introducing yourself by calling their phone, right? Mm -hmm. Like their advisor is introducing you. So- how are you going to have time to do this? Well, because you're going to cut out all the chase, all the, all the unnecessary fat that it actually isn't serving clients. You'll be simply introduced to your ideal clients. Yeah. And which is like the example you gave. Yeah. I didn't want to meet with the Mary Kay person per se, right? Just to check my box. Yeah. Uh, you've got to use your time very wisely. So to sum this all up, and, and uh, we do have, if, if anybody's listening and wants to learn more about this, and like I said, I'm definitely involved and I'm looking for other uh, like-minded professionals, if you're hearing this right now across the country and you're interested to learn more about this, I know you've got some questions. There's additional information that you definitely need to know, but you can go to growmyfamilyoffice.com uh, and I'm going to be scheduling probably a informational you know, meeting, webinar, Zoom uh, to just walk through the next stages of learning more to see if this is the right fit for both of us because this isn't for everybody. We're not looking for everybody, nor should you be. Um, so, once again, it's growmyfamilyoffice.com. To summarize this is what we're doing is connecting professionals through the creation of a local family office community, right? You're going to have your own area. It's going to be exclusive to you. So you can identify and partner these service-based professionals, as you've heard mentioned, to collaborate and find the you know mutual clients during those important life events. Did I summarize that well? That was super well said, Jeff. Super well said. All right. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about this before we wrap up? Because I know we're almost out of time. Yeah. I think the only other thing I would, I would add in is just there's opportunities to help us build this, right? Yeah. There's, as Jeff described, there's ways for you to, to, to come in as a family office leader, right? Where you're actually building out your own family office. And, and again, as soon as you hear this, don't, don't wait on this because it is exclusive by territory. So um, I, I don't, I'm not, this isn't like false scarcity. This is real scarcity. That there really is, there really are limitations. So if this resonates with you, speak up, get in contact with Jeff right away. Yeah. If, you, if you're saying to yourself, like, I would love to train on this, I would love to be actually a trainer on this. We have very lucrative pr- 
very lucrative positions inside of Pro Insight that will allow you to train on this part-time to begin with, potentially full-time more that, that are extremely lucrative. And then also for those that say, I could, I could get behind this and, and tell people about this all day long. There's a, a role called a Pro Insight Builder, which is designed to, to have you helping us get the word out on this. Again, very lucrative, multiple six-figure income opportunities in both of these to help us get the word out and spread this quickly across the country because it's needed now more than ever. Let's be honest, like technology is moving faster than ever. And if, and if you want to not be commoditized by it or the common professional, now's the time to move. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is, by the way, th- we're not saying this is a replacement for you being a mortgage professional, right? No. This is in addition to and giving you access to these additional sources of business. So just that very clear. Um, and uh, let's close out on this because I love this from the book because <clears throat> part of your book is talks about disruption and you know tech disruptors and all that. And should I be afraid? But this one quote from Terry Sprague, I, I think sums it up. She says, uh, while others are doubling down on artificial intelligence, I'm doubling down on human intelligence. Yeah. I love that. It's good stuff. That's how you win. That's what the big boys and girls, the tech disruptors can't do. Can they take market share? Yes, absolutely. They're, they're going to do it. But you've got to protect your market share. And I think the best way to do that is through relationships, connections, partnerships, and things like that. Yeah. So it's tough, uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Once again, you want to learn more, go to growmyfamilyoffice.com. We'll have more information there. You can learn more, take the next steps. Justin, appreciate your time very, very much. Oh, and by the way, for those who want to get the book, uh, where do they get the book? We're going to put a link in the show notes. Want yeah. To so so um, good. Audible, um, Amazon are easy ways for everybody to have it delivered. Um, if you want to also join my email list, um, you can go to thinkbiggerre.com forward slash book. Uh, that's uh, probably another way to get it to you. So, and that it'll be less expensive than on Amazon. So, and listen to your podcast as well. You can find that on the same website, thinkbiggerre.com. Yeah, right. Podcasts, you're going to learn a lot by going there as well. So, hey, appreciate you making time, Ben. I know you're super busy. My pleasure, man. Such a pleasure. All right. So listeners, you know what to do. Hey, take the next steps, whatever you think is right for you. If you like this episode, leave us a review and share it with somebody else. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick. Uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from 8 to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level 
right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.